0: good morning welcome to another episode of echoes of mercy whispers of love well i would like to term this the first official episode because this will be our first discussion mm. so it's a bright wednesday morning here the weather is looking so cool the weather is is it cool i don't know sure because me i'm inside i can't really tell if the weather is cool or not <laughs> but i trust the weather is beautiful on your side all right so this morning, we're going to be talking about something really awesome. And then it's um, it's a very personal subject matter for me because I just love it whenever I hear about it. And guess what that will be? Okay, I want to assume you guessed right. Say so yes. We'll be talking this morning on the love of God and our identity in Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> all right so now you know sometimes when we hear the word love a lot of things cross our minds like so many things sometimes whenever i when i was younger whenever i hear the word love i believe is buying gifts yes as soon as i hear the word i love you then i believe okay after you said i love you eh? Hey, what's coming out from your pocket or what's coming from your hand like something has to accomplish yeah, i love you you can't just use your mouth to tell me i love you and then that's just it you know we have so many definitions for love what love means to somebody might not be what love means to another person or is most likely not to mean what love means to another person but this morning we're going to be looking at love in the context of god you know god is love the bible records it that god is love so you know when you hear love you just know okay yes love god is love so today we're going to be talking about the love of god and our identity in christ you know I was sitting down a while ago and then I was like taking an inventory of my life so far in 2020 and through everything, like as, as many thoughts kept crossing my mind, what I could see permeating everything was God's love. It was basically and absolutely God's love. You know, the love of God is immeasurable. The love of God runs so deep that we might never be able to comprehend. We might never be able to understand the depth of His love for man. You know, whenever I read John chapter 3, verse 16, I actually recently just learned this. You know, most times we read for God to love the word. Most sometimes, whenever they even tell us in church to open John 3 16, most of us don't even bother to open it again. We're like, oh. We know what is there. And then we just recite along with everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then I made up my mind that whenever that scripture is called, I'm not going to be reading for God so loved the world. No way. I'm going to be reading for God so loved Oluwashendara. Yep. For God so loved Oyindamola. For God so loved Victoria that he gave his only begotten son. Oh God. Like, hi. It hits deeper that way. When your name is the one being put in that context, you realize that God sent his son to die for you. Just for you. Yes. Just for you. You know, sometimes I ask, if I were to be the only one in the world, if it was just me, would Jesus still have died? And I know the answer is yes. That's how much God loves me. That's how much God loves you. Irrespective of your tribe, God is not man. He's not tribalistic. (laughs) Irrespective of your color, God is not a racist. You know, love defies all odds. That's the beauty about it. Love defies all odds. If you ever want to know how to love, just fellowship with God. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit is yeah, the best teacher. He's love himself. So, you know, there's no one else that can teach you love more than the one that is love personified. More than him that is love personified. The Bible records, scriptures tell us that in the book of Genesis, God made man in his image. And then if you journey a little further, you see that Adam was fellowshipping with God. God would always come to Adam in the cool of the evening in the garden to fellowship with him. And then man fell now Jesus Christ was not an afterthought of God you know as men sometimes it is after we make a mistake we start creating a plan B Jesus wasn't a plan B the Bible tells us in the book of John that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God so the um, name of Jesus in eternity is the word yes it is the word so jesus was not a plan b he was always there he was part of the let us make man in our image jesus was part of the let us you know the bible says in the book of um, first john chapter 5 it says and these three bear record in heaven the father the word and the holy spirit so you see jesus wasn't an afterthought he didn't come after man had fallen no The redemptive plan came in place after man fell. But Jesus did not come in place after man fell. Jesus has always been there and he, he is still there and will always be there. And the beautiful part is that right now even resides in you and I. The day we give our lives to Christ, he came into us and he made his abode with us. He lives in you, he lives in me. So the love of God, like I was saying, is immeasurable you know sometimes sometimes i just pray this prayer i'm like god may i never be able to comprehend the depth of your love i never i never want to get to that point in my life that i feel i understand the love of god totally no i just want to keep finding new new mysteries concerning god's love each and every blessed day you know when they tell someone that I used to be like that. Whenever someone tells me, do you know God loves you? I feel God only loves me when I'm doing the right thing. Yes, when I'm reading my Bible, when I pray, when I tell someone about Jesus, that's the only time God loves me. I'm smiling here right now because I know there is someone probably listening to to this that is thinking that way. And I'm here to tell you that God loves you, irrespective of whatever you do. Mm, Let that sink in irrespective of whatever you do your actions does not determine the love that God has for you you know if our actions were a determining factor to God's love for us it would never have sent Jesus that's the truth we would it would never have been in the plan of God to send Jesus Christ if he was going to look at the action of men but then he remembered, or oh, no, okay, yes. He always knew that there was an original other. There was a reason for which he created man. And man fell off from that original plan. He needed to get man back on track to that original plan. And that was why he sent Jesus. So the love of God covers your actions. Mmm, mmm, mm, mm. Your action is not a determining factor for God to love you. You know, sometimes I hear people say, God is angry with me and that's why I don't have money. God is angry with me and that's why I'm sick. And I can totally understand. I used to be like that before. Yes. But thank God for his help. And I know God will help you too. And then one day I was listening to... No, I was in church. And when my pastor made that statement that god is not angry with you you're not sick because god is angry with you you don't have money not because god is angry with you and i had a serious battle accepting that train of thoughts because ever since i was a child that was my mindset once you're doing good god is happy with you god loves you the moment you switch over to doing bad god doesn't love you anymore his love automatically expires really like seriously? Okay, calm down. Let's paint this scenario like this. Imagine a man is known to be an angry person. Like everybody around him knows that. Come, irrespective of what you do to this man, eh? This man is just going to be angry. If you smile at him, his response to you will be anger. If you laugh at him, his response to you will be anger. If you're angry with him, his response to you will be anger. Irrespective of what you do. This man, that is just his disposition. Like, he operates from a point of anger. It is who he is. He is anger personified. And then, imagine living all your life with that kind of person. Like, ah, there is nothing you do. This man is just going to be angry. Either you smile, you laugh. Mm -mm you just going to be angry and then some of us now bring that mentality that mindset to relating with god we now see god as that anger personified man that okay okay no some of us were even were even very nice in our in our thoughts we think that okay when we do good god loves me when we do bad when i do something bad rather god doesn't love me anymore now if you know a man that irrespective of whatever you do to him, his response to you will always be anger. you know that one already. Why is it easier to accept that a man would always be like that? And why is it now difficult to accept that? Irrespective of what you do, God loves you. Like, you know why? Because God is love personified. That is who he is. God doesn't know how to be angry. See, God's anger is love. God's annoyance is love. Just the way whatever you do to that man, his response is love. God's response to whatever you do is love. His chastening is love. His chastisement is love. His correction is love. Like, That is just it. It is love. God doesn't know how to do any other thing but to love you. I'm sure God himself will be marveled when we make statements like, Daddy, I know you're angry with me. And then he's like, anger. Anger. It is foreign because that isn't who he is. So I don't know who you are. But I want to tell you that God loves you. Like, He loves you. I might never be able to explain how much God loves you. But I leave one word with you this morning. God loves you. God loves you. You know, there was a time I used to ask myself that. What kept Jesus on the cross? Like, trust me, it wasn't the nails. God was hung on the cross. Like, the one who created the entire universe was hung on the cross. And you expect nails to be what was keeping him in place. Nah, mm -mm, no way. You know, sometimes we really need to think deeply on these kind of things. It wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross. No, it was love for you and I that held him to the cross. All the times when they were shouting, crucify him, crucify him. At that point, he could have showed himself as the word, but he stayed. No, he became man. God became man so that he could redeem man back to himself. The Bible says he was tempted in every wise as we are, yet without sin. It was love that kept him going. It was love that kept him going, while he was carrying his cross on his way to get some money. All he could think about was you and I. That was all he could think about. You know, he saw he saw me in his plan. He was like, "Oh God, there's a day a girl is going to rise, and then she's going to tell men about me. For her sake, I'm going to carry this cross." For our sake, I'm going to stay on the cross. God thought about you. Like, he saw you. And then he's like, no. For your sake, I will carry this cross. For your sake, I'm going to stay nailed on the cross. I'm going to stay like a powerless person. Just for your sake. The father turned his eyes away. He forsook the word. I don't, like, when Jesus was on the cross, that was the first time that there was a separation between the Father and the Word. You know why? Because Jesus carried all the sin of man on himself. And the Bible says that the Lord is of a purer eyes than to behold iniquity. So he had to turn his eyes away. From his begotten Son, just because of you and I, oh, who were depths of love. The songwriter says, "Reckless love." You know when they say somebody is reckless, like the person just doesn't care, he just does his things without a forethought, thought, without thinking about it. God loves you without thinking about it. Yes, God loves you without without taking thought of it he loves you recklessly with reckless abandon then having established what the love of god is then what exactly is our identity in christ the day you say lord jesus i accept you as my lord and savior i acknowledge your sacrifice on the cross and then I choose today that you will be all that matters to me in my life. You'll be the Lord of my life. We change location. Our identity automatically changes from the Adamic nature to the nature of Christ. And the nature of Christ is that of everlasting life. So to be able to understand your identity in Christ, you need to first of all understand the love of God for you. Your identity in Christ is determined by Christ, yes. See, oh, oh Lord, you know there are some of us beautiful people, wonderful and amazing personalities and then we tell someone that, oh, see, see as I am like this, here, hmm, the reason I get angry is because people in my tribe, that is what we are known for. We are known for anger, we are known for stubbornness. Uh, Haven't you heard that people from this particular state, that is how they behave? Ah, I don't know about you. Okay, no, I know about you and I am sure. We are from Zion, so we don't behave like people from a particular state. We we behave like people from Zion and Christ is what defines us. Christ is our identity. We are who God says we are. If God calls us righteous, then we are righteous and of course he calls us righteous. You know a very beautiful thing. You know the Bible says. It says calling those things which be not. As though they were. It's really beautiful how. God calls you righteous. And then. You're like God. I just lied. And God is like. You're a righteous man. And you're like. But I just stole money. God is like. You're a righteous man. Now. It is not because he doesn't know what you just did. Mm -mm. But he is calling you what you are. There is a nature inside of you. And that nature, that identity is Christ. Gradually, you would begin to think that way. Something happened a while ago. Listen. I'm I like talking, I love talking a lot, but I'm shy. Yes, I know, it's funny, right? How can someone like talking and then you're shy? I'm, um, I'm much more of an introvert than an extrovert. But whenever I get to meet someone that I can be free with, oh god, I'm an extreme extrovert. But most people don't actually know that my personality is that of an introvert. But if I'm really, really close to you, you won't even know that that is who I am, but if I want to shut down like this, I shut down totally. <laughs> so, a while ago, I was going to do something, and then I'm like, ah, I was like, the whole Spirit asked me going to do something? I'm like, ah, I can't do this one, yeah, I was like, no, I can't do this, ah, i like, um, I'm not capable, I cannot do this, and the only thing I kept hearing in my spirit was, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, to be sincere with you, my strength cannot do it. Me, myself, I know that I cannot. Now, I wasn't saying I could not do it out of humility. Mm -mm. I was saying I could not do it because I knew I could not do it. It wasn't a case of being humble. No, I wasn't being humble. I was being factual. But hey, this one, I can't do this one. I can't. And then I kept hearing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I didn't suddenly do that thing. But gradually, over time, whenever the thought of that thing comes to my mind again, before I even have a chance to say I can't do it, I hear I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And before I know what happened, I did it. So what does that tell us? That when God calls you a righteous man, it's not because he's entirely oblivious of what you're doing at that moment. But he sees Christ in you. And Christ is what defines you. So he's relating with you the way he would relate with Jesus. He's relating with you and I the way he would relate with Jesus. So if Jesus is righteous, and I claim that I'm born again, I claim that I am saved, so that makes me righteous automatically. When a lady gets married, automatically she stops bearing her father's name. She starts bearing the name of her husband. So also in this kingdom, the moment I say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, I automatically stop bearing the Adamic nature. I stop looking like what Adam looks like after the fall. I start looking like what Christ looks like, what Christ is. So my identity is defined by Christ. So why exactly would I stop lying? Why exactly would I stop stealing? Would I stop doing sinful things? Is because I have changed location. My identity has changed. My identity has been transformed because I accepted Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. So I will not do what Christ will not do. It's not going to happen overnight. But gradually with each passing day with deliberate effort, the Holy Spirit guiding and helping me, I begin to drop off all those things. Paul the Apostle said, I press towards the mark of higher calling in Christ Jesus. So, as I am pressing forward, as I'm moving on, as I'm moving on, I'm just, you know, day by day living my life to please Him. Living my life to please Him. You know, for some of us that are... For some of us that... um, What's the word I want to use now? Okay. For some of us, if you actually take time to sit down and then think back at the year... You would notice, or think back at yourself, ever since you became a Christian, you will notice that there were things you were doing before that you are not doing them again. You you cannot just do them again. You know why? Because you've come into an understanding that on this particular issue, this isn't who I am. I am a righteous man, and that is the mindset we need to have. That gradually, as we go every day in our relation with people, oh. This is who I used to be. I am no longer that person. I am everything that God says I am. All right, everybody. I love you all so much. But God loves us much more. Okay, so I don't know if anyone is listening to this podcast for the first time. Or if not even for the first time. And then you've not made that personal decision to allow Jesus to be the Lord over your life. I want you to just say this prayer with me. Father, in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge that you died for me, and that love was one new you to the cross. Today, I choose to accept you as my Lord and Savior, and I choose to accept your love that you've extended towards me. I receive grace to live the life that you would have me live. Thank you, Father, for I know that you have answered. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. And I say to you, welcome. God's family we're so glad to have you with us it's really an amazing thing to be a child of God I can't begin to, you know I can't begin to explain it's amazing it's really really amazing and I say welcome to God's family we love you on behalf of the body of Christ I'm telling you that we love you alright so I remain your host Oluwa Shindara if you have any questions slide into my DM on Twitter my Twitter handle is Oinda underscore queen. The Oinda is um, absolutely in capital letters, yes. And then, or if you feel you could not slide into my DM on Twitter, you could drop a voice message here on the podcast. And if you can drop a voice message, you could drop a WhatsApp message for me. Uh, my number is 070 65 070 yes so till we hear from each other again have a one episode because this will be our first discussion Mm. so till we hear from each other again the lord bless you and keep you the lord cause his face to shine upon you and may he be gracious unto you i love you have a lovely day